1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: All right, guys, uh, I got to tell you really quick uh, before we go on to anything else about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jax. I've been telling you guys about him. For several weeks now brian and i both have uh we love seeing you guys send us those photos on social media of you guys hanging out out there uh enjoying a cold beer enjoying some wings or a burger or whatever else uh it warms our heart and i know it warms Bo- boomer jack's heart uh we're glad that you guys are enjoying it as much as we do i keep telling you guys specifically about tuesdays and wednesdays because tuesdays are half price bone in wings wednesdays are half price boneless wings but they've got great deals the rest of the week as well drink special starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer. And it is the coldest beer anywhere around. And it, it's just the perfect spot for whatever you're looking for. If you're looking for, you know, a happy hour spot for you and your coworkers, Boomer Jacks is perfect for that. If you're looking for a nice dinner spot for the family, somewhere to unwind, it's a great spot too. My kids love tableside s'mores that they bring out there. If you're looking for somewhere to watch the game, Boomer Jacks, man. Wall-to-wall TVs. And I mean that literally. The TVs fill up the walls at Boomer Jacks. You are going to be so glad you went there. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to BoomerJacks.com. That is BoomerJacks.com. All right, Brian, it is now time for our Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag. And we can continue on with some news in part with this mailbag here. Uh, because there's a question that sets up really nicely for for a development that we have this week in a conversation that I wanted to have. Brandon Lori says, what are your thoughts on the new kicker, Brandon Aubrey? He seemed to be pretty successful at the USFL level. I'll be completely honest, Brian. I have not uh, scouted Brandon Aubrey's USFL tape. Uh, I know he was an accurate kicker there in the USFL, and I know that they had success finding a special teamer in the USFL last year when they got Cavante Turpin. But here was something I thought was interesting. They go out, they get Aubrey, that's great. Did you see Todd Archer's article this week reporting the news?
1: About Aubrey?
2: Yes, and the note he had in there about Brett Maher.
1: No, I did not see that particular story.
2: Here was the quote on Friday. Actually, I guess it wasn't this week, but Friday. Uh, He's talking about the Brandon Aubrey signing, and he says, the Cowboys did not take a hard look at the veteran free agent market, which includes Robbie Gould and Mason Crosby. And last year's kicker, Brett Maher was not inclined to re-sign with the team. So that's interesting. That's the first time I've heard, yeah. and Todd, Todd would know, that's the first time I've heard, maybe the reason you don't have Brett Maher back is Brett Maher felt a little hung out to dry. And not that that's Todd's, what Todd's saying there. Todd's just saying he wasn't inclined to sign. Doesn't yeah. say why. Todd would know. The only thing I can think as to why he wouldn't be inclined to sign is you guys kind of hung me out to dry here at the playoffs.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 you know, Todd. Todd would know. Todd's mm-hmm. one of the best beat writer reporters for any team in the league, and I'm not just saying that because he's a friend of ours. Todd legitimately cares about every single story he puts on that side of ESPN. Yeah, I will say this though. I do have a scouting report on. Of course, on you Brandon.
2: I knew, oh, you would. <laughs> yeah. I knew you
1: would. I knew you would. I asked one of my gang of sevens about. You know, asked a couple of them. But I asked, this one got back to me, and this is a team that's looking for a kicker. So th- this team would know. And I asked about Aubrey, and I, he said, he says, was really good, smooth, accurate, poised, good at kickoffs as well, heard very good person, wiring for the position as well.
2: That's so, an important line at the end wiring for the position is something that's very yeah, important. Yeah.
1: So that that was that was one of my gang of 7s that particular team is looking for a kicker. So he had an idea of what you know what you know everybody was uh, trying to get. I think it's fascinating about the guys like the Robbie Goulds and people like that. I I had a I had a team a gang of 7 guy tell me He's like, listen, this guy doesn't want to kick field goals from fifty yards anymore. He just doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't want, and he doesn't want to kick off. You know, so why would you sign a guy? What's the one thing that Mike McCarthy? How many? I mean, look at Brett Maher last year. How many fifty-yard field goals did they attempt last year?
2: A lot. A yeah. lot.
1: I so mean, it was the. It wasn't line, the it too. Yeah, it wasn't the fifty-yard field goals. That were the problem for 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 Brett Maher it was the 37 yard field goal that was the problem the 33 yard field goal that was the problem you know that's that's the difference but everything everything that that you know I, I was really i was pleased to hear that Aubrey you know he's a Dallas kid uh so in the from the area and soccer player at Notre Dame and all that you know but i was really enthused by hearing that uh from a particular scout who 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 had had to do their due diligence on this guy
2: by the way Brett Maher last year uh 9 of 11 from 50 uh so they used him a, a lot and that was just during the regular season that's without looking at the playoffs See, they that's, used him the thing.
1: that's that's i just don't get the feeling i just don't get the feeling right now that you know when when Tristan Visciano, yeah, when he kicks from forty-two, fine.
2: It's High all over again.
1: Forty-six, fine. Mm-hmm. Fifty, that ball sounds thin, and it doesn't quite have that where it's climbing, climbing the upright. You know where Maher's hitting it, and it's at the top of the upright. You know. Yep. This guy, you know, very much is a like we're kicking in snow, you know, like we're Adam Vinatieri trying to knock home a field goal in a, a playoff game. You know, we're yeah. driving it in the snow and it it just sneaks over. I don't hear the power and I don't see that ball climbing the upright like you would a kicker from from distance. I just don't see it.
2: And so, that's something that they've shown a, a clear desire to have with Zerline and Maher hey, and the fact that they liked Garibay, Garabay yeah. was all about power. It was never the accuracy.
1: The, the thing about it is we get out to Oxnard and we know this at that tennis courts where we're at in the fields, there's trees all around the in, in the end zones. These t- yeah. huge trees. And when the wind blows, it comes over the top of those trees and hits that goalpost. So you will get kicks. I remember, like you said, you know uh, Garibay and those guys all last year. I mean, they they couldn't get anything high They couldn't get anything. I mean, they had days where they're like two of eight, two of two of six, whatever. And so you got to be ready out there because that wind will knock that ball down, and it'll look bad. It'll Garibay, look really bad. Yeah, it'll look Garibay.
2: Really bad. I remember he was on the right hash kicking one, and it landed in the corner end zone of the opposite practice field. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's the way that that wind can carry yeah. things. Also, Garibay was very inaccurate the whole time we were out there, yeah. but it showed they love power. That That's clearly something that Bones Fossil is a yeah. big fan of, is the big leg, and Mike McCarthy likes the advantage of it. So definitely something interesting there. A little bit of kicker talk, but I did find that note from Todd Archer very interesting that's the first time i'd heard anybody report that maybe brett maher just didn't want to be back here right uh, and i think it's interesting that was out there uh well we got time probably for another question or two here dean julia asking rank these skills in the order in which cd is more likely to improve going into this year brian better after the catch better contested catcher better route runner
1: What he's likely to improve on. Yep. After the catch. I think uh-huh. after the catch. I think after the catch is the big one here. I, I to me, I've never I've never f- wondered why maybe maybe Brian Schottenheimer's doing me a favor here. But I never could understand why anybody wouldn't go back and look at Oklahoma tape, Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma C D lamb tape. Yeah, I, I I can't for the life of me figure that out. I don't know how you would not steal two or three of these plays that gets Lamb on the ball on move and catching the ball and having him run. I don't know. I mean, and maybe maybe that maybe it was below maybe it was below Kellen Moore to have to go do that. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. But I don't know how you – CeeDee Lamb was one of the best receivers in the country coming out when it came to run after catch. Yeah. I want to believe I could see that guy again. I want to believe that.
2: Yeah, and I mean, honestly, with with what they're trying to do with the West Coast system here or the Texas Coast – um, you know, if he's going to be running more slants across the middle of the field, they're going to need him to, to be better after the catch. Yeah. And so I, I think that, look, I think he's already a really good route runner. I think it's probably that order that he listed it more, most likely he improves as a, an after the catch guy. I don't know that he's ever going to be a great contested catch guy. No, just because of the size, um, yep. I think he's going to give it his damnedest every time. It's just there there are certain physical limitations, but I think he's already pretty polished as a route runner. So after the catch is where you could really see something. Uh, Last question here, Brian, this one from Eastside Sammy. He says, what would you need to see in the first six weeks to feel like the switch in OC worked or caused improvement besides wins? And six weeks is the perfect marker, Brian, because weeks five and six, you are on the road against San Francisco and you are on the road against the Chargers. So to me, the litmus test for in the first six weeks, did the change, you know, with the play caller work is gonna come from the fact that do you look better against San Francisco than you've looked the last couple of years? And do you look like you're out coaching or if you're getting out coached by Kellen Moore on the opposite sideline against the Chargers? I think The the Chargers and 49ers games back-to-back might be the biggest test all year in terms of, did you make the right call moving to Mike McCarthy as your play caller?
1: Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking, Bobby, that, you know, uh, very early, I I just worry that this team might be 3-3, and and then all of a sudden it's like McCarthy's like, uh, we need to change the play caller here, you know, and then – that, that things aren't as clean and and pretty I don't want I don't want to believe that but I that that very well could be the possibility you know yeah. I mean that's you know I I just I don't know like I said I I I'm really op- open and hopeful that they that they could that this thing really gets off the jump you know right I mean, Week one, week two, you know, Dak's looking sharp. They're Tony Pollard, they're finding a way to get the ball. Gallup's involved. The Ferguson, schoonmaker, you know, Terrence Steele is doing things in the running game once again with with uh with Zach Martin. You know, I, I just I just don't wanna I just don't wanna be, you know, have it all of a sudden it like, uh oh, well, Dan Quinn had to pull out another game here. Oh, they had yeah. to pull out another game because you know the defense got another, got another stop. Oh, you know, I mean, I personally just would like to see this thing get off. You know, just get off right off the jump. You know, and and that Mike's into that play calling. You know, I, I was said today on the radio, I would like to see. You know, people are asking, well, does Dak need to play more in the preseason? And I said, well, you know, you can work around it this way. Is there a better defense he's going to be going against than his own defense? Yeah. You know, he's just not going to get hit. But I'd love to see a 10 to 15 minute period a day. Where Mike is the primary play caller, Dan's the primary defensive play caller, and they just go at it. You don't get the tackle, but we're we're going to move the ball a little bit. You know, we got good blocking. We're going to run. We're going to tag off. We're not going to take the backs to the ground. We're not going to take a shot at the receiver. You know, but Mike's calling plays, Dan's calling defenses, and he and you just kind of have that. You you see like. Gilmore and Diggs covering and you see the slot being covered by Bland and Micah Parsons is rushing against, uh, you know, Tyron Smith, you know, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's where I think that you could, if they did that kind of stuff, you could have an idea like, oh, the offense looking good today against a top five defense. You know, I think you could tell something from that. I don't know if McCarthy would ever do it, but I think it would get him back in that mode of calling plays. You know, defense on one side, offense on the other. Here we go. It's almost like a scrimmage without tackling. But you could see Dak if he's adapting. You could see the receivers in routes. You see the corners in coverage. You see the the rush. Are they picking it up? Blitz pick up, you know? That would be far more beneficial to Dak than – playing uh 10 plays in a preseason game where yeah. he can maybe get hit in the back you know because of something you know right i, I don't know uh, bobby there was a question somebody asked a really good yeah. question yeah. and i tr- and i tried to i tried to tag it god darn it i, I can't find it on my uh, my sheet um so i said i said this was a really good question and oh 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 okay Smoothie Jazz J, real quick. Uh-huh. Smoothie Jazz J, you can answer this one. Who yeah. plays linebacker if Leighton Van Der Esch gets injured? I know we talked about linebackers earlier, but who?
2: Micah probably rushes less. The, so I would say Mike is probably playing full time linebacker in those games instead of rushing. And then yeah. what you're seeing is you're just—I—I I, I think the starting linebackers this year are likely to be demone Clark and Leighton Vander Esch. And, and yeah. Mike is obviously cycling in and doing some different things. Right. But given how often they're going to be in nickel, they're going to have two linebacker looks most of the time, other than right. Mike floating. So I would say they'd probably just commit Mike to playing linebacker in those situations, and then say, "All right, well, we'll it'll be Mike and Damone. Um yeah. But I mean, it's it may be whatever player they potentially go acquire at the end of training camp or, or whoever else, because they, they very well may need to stock that. If they don't need yeah. to go acquire somebody, my sense of it is Devin Harper and Damone Clark have both really stepped up.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So, I, I, I tagged no, that. I thought no, that no, was a great question. I thought it was a good question. Yeah. It Thank you guys. Great. Thanks for everybody for all their questions. Uh, I yeah. know we don't get, to, maybe we could do one of these shows. Where we get to answer all questions, but Right Absolutely. now, it's kind of is where we're at right
2: now. So. Absolutely, there are the guys who, are, like for instance, I know when Brian put out the call this week, I think we got like fifty-three questions. So I they're, really they're
1: appreciate you, folks. We yeah. love it. We, yeah, we thank we love you. It.
2: Thank so grateful for you guys. And yeah, we'll do we'll do one of these question answers. Maybe that'll be our next episode, Brian. We, we can yeah, do enough just take, take
1: just take all, all questions. Yeah, we'll, that'd be good. We'll, we'll
2: bank up your questions and knock them yeah. out. Uh, yeah. For Brian Bradas I am Bobby Bell. We thank you so much for listening to the Love of the Star podcast. Until next time, we will talk to you guys later.